This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. On your home for the best Ravens coverage. It's time for News from the Nest with Vinny and Sponsored by Hillside Lawn Service, the experienced lawn care specialists. 1057 The Fan. Video Haney, 105.7 The Fan. News from the nest here on this Victory Monday. Ravens win 25-9. Not the sharpest performance by any stretch of the imagination, but what has become a big talking point is whether or not starters should play in the preseason. Nick Sirianni saying that uh, in Philly probably should have done it. By the way, they're coming off a win just like Baltimore is. So, uh, Harbs, what about them starters in the preseason and all the fun stuff that goes in there? That's a big thing. I mean, even I was talking to some of the guys. I mean, it's just different getting out there in the game. The game speed, operating, crowd noise, all of it. It's something you get a sense for. And that, that kind of goes with not playing in the preseason a little bit. But they handled it, and now we're off and running. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing it probably offensively it's a lot harder. Well, maybe when you think about it, okay, I've got a new offensive coordinator, a new offensive system, and, you know, my 11 guys are never together. So maybe there's certain years that you might need to, and maybe this year might have been, you know, a year to do it, at least with your offensive starters for a couple series. Just to, And Lamar hadn't played since November. You know, all there's so many things that – you know, when you look back at it now, maybe it was probably, you know, the good thing to do. Now, looking back at training camp, and we can't talk about the preseason unless you want to talk about Josh Johnson thriving in the yeah. Munkin offense. Did you notice that things might be a little slow for them in regards to production? Yeah, I guess you just figured coming out because they hadn't worked worked on it and and not knowing what the defense was going to do. That probably doesn't help much, you know, especially for Lamar, who's all of a sudden, you know, got to read everything, which he hadn't been doing before. So you figure there's going to be an adjustment time. And I thought when when they, whatever adjustments, and maybe Harbs will talk about it today, I think he did mention something about the adjustments they made at the half because they came out and went boom, boom, touchdown, touchdown, and then they fumbled. Otherwise, you know, who knows? They're probably driving again. Here's John Harbaugh talking about the adjustments the Ravens did to Texas, Houston and the Texans and their defensive game plan as the game evolved. Uh, I think we, we just we got a sense that they were going to run the zero blitzes, you know, and, uh, and Lamar did a great job with uh, Todd and with T and with the guys and just kind of got lined up and got a plan for it, and we did a good job against them. Yeah, because they were struggling against the zero blitzes, you know, playing man coverage and bringing more people than they could handle, and all that is is – you know, quarterback recognizing where it's coming from and get the ball out of your hand. And, you know, he did that on those on those two drives, you know, to start the third quarter. Because, Bob, they went third quarter, they went eight plays, 71 yards, touchdown, five plays, 25 yards, touchdown. 
And and that's, you know, a lot of it was 17 yards of penalties on that drive. Lamar yesterday, 17 of 22 for 169 yards. Fumbled twice, lost one through a pick. Was sacked four times. Quarterback rating, 79.5. Man, I'd say that's fair. I mean, there was the two bigger plays to Odell where they, you know, he would have probably picked up another 40 yards in passing that were PIs. But right. Lamar's game was inconsistent. He just, he didn't, he looked not in control some of the times. You know, like a couple of the drives, he looked like he was in control. And then, I don't know, maybe like, because when they go touchdown, touchdown, and fumble, it looks, and then Odell catches that deep ball, it looks like he's kind of getting into a rhythm, and then he fumbles it, and then then we're back to square zero again. Vinny Haney, 105.7 The Fan. News from the nest here on this Monday. Bob Haney, Vinny Serrato, Nolan McGraw. The secondary banged up cornerback position in particular. Marcus Williams got hurt during the game. John Harbaugh, your secondary. The grade is what? I thought they held up well. They, you know, no big plays. Uh, you know, had a couple stop routes, which, of course, CJ throws those so well. You know, and they got good guys running those outside routes. I thought our guys were right there on them. They made a couple. We made a couple. We made all the tackles. I was happy with those guys. They did They did a good job tackling. And I think uh, their thing was deeper in the deepest, wider in the widest. You know, let's come up and tackle. Let's not give up the home run play. I think that's un- – until I see the all-22, that's what I'm guessing, Bob, because I don't think they played – Man coverage or really would challenge people. A lot of zone stuff because they were hitting woods like in the middle of the field and those things. So, um, yeah, I mean, Stevens had 12 tackles. That's That's either a good thing or a bad thing, Bob. Yeah, 12 tackles. Queen had 11. Roquan had 16. Queen and Roquan had sacks as well. Yeah. And I I thought thought, um, Roquan got better as the game went along. You know, I, I... because, I mean, let's face it, those guys haven't – Bob, they haven't made a tackle. That's the first time they tackled. You know, and that running back has got a little uh, make you miss. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't, wasn't an easy deal. You know, so there's a lot of getting used to in that game. All right, let's get back to the offense. Here's Lamar Jackson. Your first impressions are what? I feel like we was we had our ups and down moments. Like you know, you can see you can see where um, our ceiling would be. You know, and then some moments is like what we was doing. You know, like what we doing, questioning ourselves out there. But like I said, you know, it's the first game, little hiccups, first time with each other. You know, on that field, I feel like the sky's the limit, though. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of like uh, Lamar says. I think there's the ceiling is high for them just because the weapons that they got, and I think the guy. You know, I think Bateman is is still going to play a huge part of it because I was impressed with his explosiveness yesterday. And I'm going to express with Zay's, you know, and I think they'll do against the Bengals. I think they'll get a, a do a better job of getting the ball to Bateman. And he'll probably get more plays. I, and I don't know, you know, I mean, he got 24 plays or whatever, and Aguilar got 25. So I don't know if they were kind of, you know, breaking him in slowly type thing. What about nerves for Lamar, though? How much was that? Oh, I think a lot early. in the beginning. I, I think a bunch in the beginning just because, Bob, like you said, hadn't played, and all of a sudden he's got a lot more on his shoulders calling plays and doing those things, and he probably came out overhyped. You know, that's why they went three and out right off the get-go. So he just needs to settle down, relax, and, you know, get comfortable with what he's seeing. And now that, you know, you they've – 
they're going to play the Bengals, all right? So now they can see what the Bengals did and kind of what they do, and you can see their personnel. So at least you got one game that you can see. It's Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan. We'll hear more from Lamar and Zay Flowers later on in the hour once we get into NFL lunch coming up at 1 o'clock. But when we come back, let's count some money, buy or sell. Nathan Ruiz talking about the Orioles, that 7-2 road trip. Now back home for an epic series. You got St. Louis coming up for three. 635 first pitches, by the way. Baltimore baseball tonight. Me and Ryan Ripken live for Pickles tonight at 530. And then Tampa comes to town. The Rays just take three out of four from Seattle. John Means rejoins the rotation tomorrow night. What does all of this mean? We'll break out the crystal ball. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Are you buying? Great cash, homie. Or are you selling? I'm not going to buy into that crap. Penny and Haney. 1057 The Fan. Penny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan here on this Monday. It's Victory Monday. Ravens win. Terps win. Orioles didn't win yesterday, but they go 7-2 on a road trip, which you'll take 9 times out of 10, if not 10 out of 10 times. And we'll get into all of the sports news of the weekend. But right now, let's count that early week money by ourselves. Yeah, Bob, the Dow's up 69. The S&P's up 20. Uh, NASDAQ's up 88. DraftKings is down 13 cents. Under Armour's down 8 cents to 656. Well, we'll start here by going back to last week for a little baseball news. Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander faced off against each other, I believe last Thursday or Wednesday. First time in their long careers that they've ever opposed each other as starting pitchers, which is kind of hard to believe. And many people were hoping it would be a fantastic pitcher's duel 
between two future Hall of Famers. The result, though, was a lot more one-sided. Max Scherzer gave up seven earned runs in just three innings of work. Despite this, both find themselves on teams that are in the playoff hunt. Both are pitching well overall. After leaving New York, Bob Byersell, we will see a Verlander-Scherzer playoff matchup later this season. Selling it. I think Texas is in trouble. Houston has taken over the division. Seattle, even though they just lost three in a row to Tampa, they've got pitching good. How about Kirby, by the way? Blaming the manager for letting him go out. Well, no, you don't say too sit. much. We'll get to him in yeah, a couple okay, questions here. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I'm selling it because I don't think Texas makes the playoff. Over to the NFL here, Jared Goff uh, wasn't exactly dominant in the Lions' season opening win over Kansas City, but did continue to protect the football. If you go back to last season, he's now thrown 359 passes in a row without an interception. That's the third longest such streak in NFL history. Uh, Brady reached uh, 399 passes in a row with the Bucks a couple years ago. Rodgers, 402 with Green Bay in 2018. So you do a little math here, assuming Goff's throwing 30, 35 attempts a game, roughly somewhere in there. Should only need another clean game or two to make history. Uh, the Lions will face Seattle and Atlanta next on their schedule. Vinny Byersell Goff will pass Rodgers' interceptionless streak. I'll buy it. I'll buy it. I, I think he does a good job protecting the football, and he did last year, and I, I think he continues to do that. He's kind of like he and Garoppolo are somewhat similar. You know, they play a real smart game, and they win. Well, Bob, you just mentioned it. George Kirby, uh, the Mariners and Rays, played an intense four-game series this weekend in Friday night's 7-4 Tampa win. A late rally was the difference off of Seattle's George Kirby. Young starter had thrown 94 pitches through six innings, Wah. was brought back out for the seventh, proceeded to give up the four runs and the lead. Afterwards, didn't hold back. His quote here said, I wish I wasn't out there for the seventh, to be honest. I was at 90 pitches. I didn't think I needed to go anymore, but it is what it is. Also said that uh, it would be discussed, talking about talking with his manager. Pitch counts, they're a hot debate. We've talked about it quite a bit on this show, but buy or sell, Bob. Kirby's comments, not a good look for an all-star pitcher. No, absolutely. I'm buying it a thousand percent. He did apologize after. Rightfully so. I mean, you gave up the home run because I meant 94 pitches, like just here in Baltimore. You got to pry the ball out of Kramer's hands. You got to pry the ball out of Gibson's hands. You have to pry. Avi Flaherty, they don't want to leave. 94, okay, I got my 94 pitches in. We're winning 4-2. to two. I'll let the other guys take care of business here so I can take the W. You got rocked. Own it. Don't blame the manager. You blame yourself. Not a good look at all, George Kirby. Who, by the way, is a really good pitcher. What, what would Jim Palmer, like if he would have been doing a game? Earl would... Weaver would have used to say to Palmer, see that guy warming up in the bullpen? Palmer's like, yeah, he goes, is he better than you? No. Shut up and pitch. <laughs> Go over to Cincinnati here, the Bengals. Earl had Ross Grimsley throw 170 pitches at an exhibition game. Different times. That's right. You Much know, when different. They had, yeah, Much different. Uh, Joe Burrow, the massive extension. We all knew it was expected, but he finally got it late last week. Uh, what impact will that have on the team moving forward, though? Some other guys who would be up for contracts, most notably T. Higgins, who's in the final year of his rookie deal. 
According to the Cincinnati Inquirer, the two sides have never been close in contract talks, uh, and he isn't in the team's plans moving forward. Even giving him the franchise tag was reported as, quote, unlikely. Vinny buy or sell, even with a hefty one-year price tag, it would be foolish for Cincy to not tag Higgins. I think you got to tag him because tag and trade. You know, I mean, that's that's what you can do with him. Otherwise, you're just going to go let him be a free agent. And you're going to get a compensatory third-round pick. He's going to get paid a lot of money. Yeah, I'm not saying he's as good as Tyreek Hill, but you can kind of flip him like yeah. Kansas City did with no Miami. Doubt. We'll close with this here. Garrett Cole may be the most consistent pitcher in the American League over the past five years or so, but no Cy Young Awards on his resume, has finished second two times uh, in the top five, three other times beyond that. But now this year, maybe his best shot to finally win one. Certainly others could make a late push. You know, Kevin Gosman leads the American League in strikeouts. There's other guys out Castillo there. Castillo starting to heat up there. Sure, but buy or sell here, Bob. Cole coming up just short multiple times will factor into some voters' decisions later this year. I guess. It's the human element of it, so I'll go ahead and buy it. He's going to win it by default. His team's right now, what, in last place in the division. He's going to win the Cy Young Award. I thought Felix Batista deserved consideration there, but that's a moot point, even though he threw on Friday, which we're going to talk about with Nathan Ruiz here in a couple minutes. I'm guessing somebody's going to be like, well, you should have won it this year. I'm going to do everything I can to make sure you win it this year. Have fun in fifth place, by the way. It's Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan. We'll come back. We'll talk Orioles with Nathan Ruiz from the Baltimore Sun. We'll revisit the sports headlines of this weekend. Mel Tucker's in the news if you missed the whip around. And it's bad news for him. Maryland comes from behind to beat Charlotte. Got NFL lunch coming up at 1 o'clock. Ravens aren't the only team that suffered some injuries of the catastrophic nature. We'll get to that and more American League East report. Talk more about what happened in the weekend in the division. Updated look at the standings not just in the AL East, now throughout baseball. And we'll look back at our picks, college and pro, week one, full week. It sucked. It was brutal. I was terrible. Vinny's going to win at least week one. We do have the Bills and the Jets coming up tonight, Mm. however. That game is on the fan, correct me if I'm wrong, right? And I'm all about the Bills. Buffalo, Buffalo. So that means take the Jets because they're probably winning by... It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 20. Sports 24 7 1057. The voice of the fan. Vinny and Haney 1057. The fan here on this Monday. Orioles lose yesterday 7 3 to the Red Sox. Birds, however, go 7 2 on the road trip. By the way, yesterday's loss ended a seven game winning streak. Now back home. 
for the biggest homestand the Orioles have had in quite some time. Cardinals tonight, start of a three-game set. And then the Rays come to town for four starting on Thursday nights. Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan. Bob Haney, Vinny Serrano, joining us now to talk about the series that was, the week that will be, and beyond. Covers the birds for the Baltimore Sun. He's on the WGK Law guest hotline. Let's welcome back Nathan Ruiz. Nathan, Nathan, good afternoon. Thanks for joining us again here on The Fan. Yeah, happy to do it, guys. All right, we'll look back at yesterday's win. Let's get it out of here. We don't want to dismiss it because you lost a game in the standings because Tampa beat Seattle. But the rain delay, then the later rain delay after the game had already been decided, I guess. Who really knows? But Orioles did stake Grayson Rodriguez to a 3 nothing lead. What was his issue yesterday at Fenway as the Birds couldn't get that sweep completed? Yeah, just kind of a sloppy game overall, both in terms of how the Orioles played and the conditions. Obviously, gets a... Ramon Arias fielding error behind him that leads to two of those runs. Uh, I mean, clearly Grayson's worst outing since returning to the majors. First time he didn't complete the fifth inning, but he's dealing with conditions. It was basically raining the whole, until that second delay, or really we will obviously through that second delay, but it was raining his whole outing. The field was wet. You know, fielders had tough conditions. He was dealing with tough conditions. Obviously the Red Sox are dealing with those things too, but uh, just a sloppy game overall, but you look at the seven games they played before that, played really well. Offense was was great throughout the week, and uh, for the most part, so was the starting pitching. So uh, just, you know, that's going to happen in baseball. You have to, you know, it's an outdoor sport for the most part, and you're going to deal with that. But uh, they're confident in Grayson and what he can provide for them down the stretch. And his next time out, I'm sure they'll hope for a bounce-back outing. All right, let's get back to Saturday, the slow-pitch softball game against the Red Sox, 13-12, to where the Orioles held off and got that W, the seventh straight win. It's a tale of two pitchers I'm going to ask you about, Nathan. We'll start with Jack Flaherty, who was the starting pitcher, could not get deep into the game yet again. And then Fujinami. If it wasn't for Fuji, they lose that game on Saturday. So as we're a couple weeks away from the end of the season, 20 games left, as a matter of fact, uh, the trends for each guy says what to you in regards to postseason expectations yeah you know you look at jack flaherty it's hard to envision with the way he's pitched his last five starts him being in the playoff rotation i think it's hard to envision him necessarily being on the playoff roster obviously you know his his stuff would suggest that he can be a weapon for them there's a reason the Orioles gave up the three prospects they did to get only half a season of jack flaherty he's a pending free agent but the last five starts have not been good i tweeted out some of his stats you look at it he's given up I believe it's 21 earned runs in 21 and two-thirds innings. He's given up a batting line, basically equivalent to what Ronald Acuna is batting this year for the Braves. It's It's been ugly, and, and he admitted as much afterwards. He said it can't be much worse than it is, but he doesn't think it's in any issue with the work he's putting in in between his starts. He believes he's working exceptionally hard to try to figure it right, figure it out, and um, he just isn't executing in his starts. You know, he pointed to a curveball that he threw to Justin Turner that he left inside and ends up going over the green monster, and he thinks that he puts that pitch where he wants on the outside of the zone instead of inside, you know, he ends up with a much different result. So uh, he just feels like it's poor execution in his start days, and he feels like it's something correctable. And, uh, you know, everything that everyone has said thus far about Jack Flaherty, both, uh, you know, in the Orioles organization and those who played alongside him before with the Cardinals, you know, he's a competitor. And uh, they think that mindset's going to help him bounce back. And whether that proves to be the case remains to be seen. Now, obviously, the Orioles have shown an ability to to fix some pitchers. You look at what Shintaro Fujinami was in Oakland. You look at what he was. Uh, when he first joined Baltimore, there was a lot of erraticism there, but he hasn't walked anyone in his last 11 outings. Been really good, was really good Saturday, got five huge outs to kind of bridge the middle of that game. And uh, 
was really the Orioles' most effective pitcher by a, a pretty significant margin. And, and so when you're getting those kind of outings out of a guy with the, that kind of stuff, you feel really good about it. And obviously both those arms are guys that the Orioles traded for at the deadline. And I don't think anyone necessarily expected that Shintaro Fujinami would end up being uh, maybe the bigger acquisition than Jack Flaherty was, just given the state of the rotation and the state of the bullpen at those times. But obviously you've got the Felix Batista injury. The rotation's really ticked up a lot. You're getting John Means back on Tuesday. So uh, I, I think, yeah, like you mentioned, the trends are kind of going the opposite direction for those two guys. Nathan Ruiz, Baltimore Sun, here on Vinny and Haney, 1057 The Fan, talking about the Orioles, 7-2 on the road trip back home. Cardinals tonight, 635, first pitch, Dean Kramer against Dakota Hudson. But tomorrow, as you reference there, Nathan John Means is going to start here first time in over a year. He says he just wants to win a World Series. I'm sure every Oriole fan and every Oriole player feels the same way. What's a realistic expectation for him, not necessarily for tomorrow, but over the next three weeks of the season? Yeah, I don't I don't know whether there would necessarily be any limits on him, per se. I'm sure the Orioles have things in mind that they're quantifying, but, you know, they expected to get him back in July initially, and then there were maybe going to be some questions about workload. But has that back strain, gets further delayed, has a bit of that setback, but... Uh, got up to about 80-something pitches through five innings and two of his uh, starts with AAA Norfolk. So he, he's, I think, going to be ready to go. He's excited. He said he, to be able to get through five innings gave him um, some comfort level. I'm sure he can be stretched out a little bit more than what we've seen on his, on his rehab, rehab assignment. But I think he's going to be a regular member of this rotation. I, I think it probably stays in that six-man form that's still to be determined a little bit, I think. But uh, he'll get ample rest between his outings. The Orioles are obviously going to want to protect him. But – He's had a basically a 17-month layoff. This is really just a big, you know, late-season acquisition for the Orioles. Like we just talked about, they got Jack Flaherty at the trade deadline, and this is really another, you know, mid-season acquisition for them. And so I think they'll be really happy to have a guy who is the ace of their rebuild, and, and hopefully he can pitch kind of like that again and, and give them another really dependable start along with those three young guys. Now, last Friday, you tweeted this out, and it was me and Mike Bordick getting ready to do Baltimore baseball tonight, brought to you by Salvo Auto Parts here on 105.7 The Fan. The Felix Batista's throwing at Fenway Park, and I'm like, what, what Felix Batista? Is there another Felix Batista that we don't know about that plays for the Orioles? He was throwing. You were there, Nathan. What does all of this mean? Even uh, Brandon High did address it on Friday, but he wasn't throwing 103. We know that, but throwing nonetheless. What the hell is this all, all about? here yeah it's definitely a fascinating situation i i talked to a, a medical expert dr malahit glotra and you can check that out on baltimoresun.com um where he kind of explained you know when the orioles initially announced this injury michael Elias referred to it as some degree of injury to the ucl and so basically the degrees of injury not to get like too medical here but you can fully tear it you can partially tear it or you can have what's called tendinosis, or basically the, the kind of complexion of the, of the ligament changes. And that's obviously a concern, but it's not necessarily a tear. And so in talking to a medical expert about it, it sounds like this would suggest that he's in one of those latter two stages where it's either a, a minor partial tear or it's the tendinosis. Um, if you have a fully torn UCL, you could still play catch. There just really wouldn't be much of a reason to. You know, the UCL is a ligament that you really only need um, for certain athletic acts, you know, hard throwing, landings and gymnastics, power lifting, things like that. So, uh, you know, Felix Batista wasn't out there, like you said, throwing 103. It was just some light toss, some light catch. And that's not necessarily something where the UCL is in play, but if, if he's preparing to undergo a Tommy John surgery or undergo, uh, you know, a partial, uh, you know, re repair surgery of his UCL, it doesn't really make much sense for the Orioles to do that. Now that said, even if it's the best case scenario in, in talking to Dr. Galotra, it, it's not guaranteed that he's back the end of the season. A recovery and ramp up period with, 
a UCL injury, it's probably still going to take three months. And given that he was injured in late August, he's probably still going to be dealing with that until late uh, November. And obviously the fact he's able to throw is a welcome sign, a positive sign. I asked Brandon Hyde if he felt that way, and he said, you know, I want to put any emphasis on this positive or negative. But the fact they're having him throw suggests, I I would think, something positive. And maybe it's not positive based off the information the Orioles have. But in terms of what we as the public knew about Felix Batista, just that he had an injury to his UCL, it seems to be a positive sign. I don't think it necessarily guarantees anything one way or the other about his status for this season. But I do think it potentially offers some hope for his status in 2024. Uh, Mike Elias is meeting with the media later today, and, and I'm sure he'll provide an update of some kind. I don't know, again, anything positive or negative with that. But, I, 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 again, I think the fact he was throwing can be viewed positively even if it doesn't necessarily change anything about his status for this season. Nathan, what are your concerns going into the playoffs? Yeah, I I do think there are still questions about this team's bullpen. Obviously, that game in in Boston on Saturday, Yannir Cano had some troubles, able to get out of the inning, uh, but they almost lost a four-run lead. Jacob Webb has started to show some cracks after being really good after he was claimed for for Anaheim. D.L. Hall has been solid for the most part, but had a couple outings here or there. Uh, I think that those are going to be causes for concern a little bit. But at the same time, you look at it, they'll move to a four-man uh, rotation, most likely in the playoffs, where you assume, you know, Bradish, Rodriguez, Kramer, the front three, and then you have Flaherty, Gibson, Means kind of fighting for that fourth spot. Whichever of those two guys doesn't make the rotation, they could be candidates to move to the bullpen and maybe uh, provide some reinforcements there. And so I, I think that that's probably the area to watch. Uh, I-, I do think that their lineup approach is fascinating in that, uh, it's never really just one guy who kind of carries the team. It's usually a different guy every night, but that means they don't necessarily have that one guy you can fully depend on to kind of carry you. Maybe Gunnar Henderson is developing into that. We've seen Anthony Santander get into some tears where he can be that guy. Uh, but I do think there are some questions there that if you run into kind of the dominant starters you see in October, they could present some questions. But at the same time, the Orioles will tell you they got to get there first. That magic number to reach the postseason is dwindling down. Got a big series this weekend against the Rays to, to maybe stake their claim to the AL East title. But uh, a lot of baseball left to be played over the rest of this month. Nathan Ruiz covers the Orioles at Major League Baseball, of course, for the Baltimore Sun. Nathan, appreciate the time as always. Enjoy the rest of your Monday, and we'll catch up with you soon. Sounds good, guys. Really appreciate Nathan it. Nathan Ruiz, Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan. We'll come back, reset the program for you. NFL lunch coming up top of the hour. American League East report. It was a busy weekend in the division. And we'll give you a standings update throughout the majors as well. Then we'll look back at our picks for the weekend, college and pro. It was a brutal weekend for me. I guess Nolan won much better. Vinny did well, but, you know, the bar was set pretty low by us. That's for sure. Words, Words suck. sucks. They don't. 1057 The Fan. Good evening, 1057 The Fan here on this Monday. Ravens win yesterday, 25 9. Houston Texans, unfortunately, in the process, they lose J.K. Dobbins for the season. Torn Achilles. Vinny, you think this might be the end of the line for him in Baltimore as uh, Ravens are going to have to look at the next man up mentality? Probably going to be drafting running backs here sooner or later. And for J.K., uh, a long road, rehab road, that is, to get back on the field. Nine months. Nine months recovery, you know, for him to get back again after just going through rehab again. Mentally, it's just a tough thing, you know, because now all of a sudden, you know, you're kind of distanced from the team because you're off to working out. You know, you're not in meetings and all that kind of stuff, you know. So, and they'll tell him, I'm sure they'll tell him, Bob, hey, if you want to, go home, you know, go ahead and go. Or if you want to rehab here, 
you know, you can. If you want to hang around with the team, that's that's your choice. But, I mean, like when I hurt my knee in college, I mean, you know, you're walking around with crutches and everything else, and, you know, you're not at practice and do it. You know, so you just feel – you feel – Awful. Next plan of action, it appears, will be uh, Melvin Gordon getting called up from the practice squad. John Harbaugh is going to meet with the media at 2.30. Keaton Mitchell still a few weeks away from coming back undrafted running back. And we talked earlier in the show with Brian Wacker because a lot of people have been texting in and calling in about a possible run at Jonathan Taylor, the disgruntled running back for the Colts right now. Bob, to get Taylor, all right, two negatives. A high draft pick, and he wants to get paid. Right, they ain't paying a running back twelve million dollars. It ain't happening with the Ravens. Gus Edwards, his role expands dramatically, but I would just say so. Justice Hill. I mean, what do you have left in the tank for Melvin Gordon here? He had fumble problems, which doomed him in Denver. He has been a thousand. He's a two-time Pro Bowler, but thirty years old now, and I guess in running back years, that's forty. Yeah, I mean, Bob, I, I just don't see the burst. That's the thing I don't see with him. You know, I don't I don't see the the speed. And that's why I think when they get Mitchell back, I think Mitchell's going to show pretty good when he comes back cuz I think he's going to be like Pacheco was for the Chiefs. Gives them some some guy that can outrun, you know, outrun tacklers and stuff. He can outrun angles. NFL Lunch coming up, top of the hour. Look back at the Ravens' win. We're going to hear from John Harbaugh. going to hear from Patrick Queen and Lamar Jackson. But Zay Flowers, his official NFL debut was yesterday, and he had a big impact on the win. And here he is talking about his first game. I remember I was up here last time. I told y'all that I'd get used to it. I said something like, I'd get used to the speed of it. And today I slow, it slowed down for me, and it was better. Yeah, it it didn't look like it was too fast for him. I mean, he was making people miss and everything else. So, I mean, he looked like he fit right in. Like, uh, you know, wasn't – I mean, Bob, but, I mean, in every practice and every one-on-one against Washington, none of it ever looked too big for him or too fast for him. So, I mean, why did you think all of a sudden, you know, what he's done for the last three months is going to change? It didn't. Yeah, and for him, we talk about the yak ability that he brings to the equation, which has been lacking big time from Ravens receivers for years. And what'd you say at fifty one yak? Fifty one of his yeah. seventy eight. And, and that was on two plays. And then one of them was a third and five that he I think ran for like seventeen, which was a big play, you know, in the game. So um he's gonna be a big piece because I mean he showed. He he can make plays. He's an explosive, and I think Bateman's another guy that they need to get the ball to more because he he'll be he's another guy that can make plays. Now it's the Ravens win and cover the spread. They were ten point favorites, nine and a half point favorites. I mean, they didn't explode. They weren't like Miami was marching up and down the field, or the Chargers for that matter. As both teams uh, pretty much imposed their will offensively. But Zay Flowers, you have the Bengals next week. How much better can you guys get offensively? Oh, absolutely. I feel like next game it'll be way better. Operation will be smoother. Everybody will be way more comfortable with each other. All right. that In theory, that sounds great. Yep. But, you know, it's um, – you kind of know the routine. You get, you've get you gone through it, like Harv said, you know, live and all that, and things will get much, much easier. Because now, you know, <clears throat> you'll be able to go back and watch the film. Because they haven't been able to watch the film of – they haven't played in any games, you know. 
Now, Lamar can, you know, really study this tape and the coverages and how people are attacking him and those kind of things. And I would expect to be see a much calmer Lamar in this next game, you know. And then probably a lot of these mental errors would come way, way down. And the penalties will come way down. But how much better? Now, keep in mind, we don't know what Tyler Linderbaum's status is yeah, going to be. And yeah. Same with Ronnie Stanley for next week against Cincy. But we'll assume one of the two will play. Let's, let's go worst case. Worst case. Then you're minus two of them. Then McCarry's in there. And Mustafer, I guess. Yep. I mean, and now, how does the offense get? No Dobbins, as we know. That's a fact. I mean, how do they get better? Minus the full complement of players here. Well, I, I think in that case, I mean, Lamar's got to get the ball out of his hand. He's got to he's got to keep getting better and better. And like we said, when Lamar's comfortable, Bob, he's not running around all over the place. He can sit and if he's holding the ball and he has to start to scramble, one of two things: he held the ball too long, or nobody's getting open. And I want to see the coverages when I think the All Twenty Two comes out on Wednesday or Thursday. I want to see. I mean, a lot of these guys are too good, you know, to be getting covered. I mean, Zay Flowers getting covered and stuff. I don't, I don't see it, you know. So I want to see what the what the issues were early on, at least with Lamar, because in the second half things were pretty smooth. I mean, you know, like the passes that he hit, the one to Bateman, you know, was a nice throw, and some of the now Bob the 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 things that we didn't see, we didn't see, and maybe we will next week, like. Uh, Middle of the field to the tight ends, it was nothing. Yeah, likely first catch, was, then had nothing. Yeah, and Kohler dropped one in the middle. Otherwise, mm. they didn't have any more targets. Yep, so the Ravens' uh, passing offense was not explosive, at least for one game. It uh, still long season left to unfold. And no Mark Andrews yesterday, and that you know plays a part in it. We'll come back. We've got NFL lunch. Talk about the, the Ravens' win. We're going to hear from John Harbaugh. Going to hear from Lamar. Going to hear from Patrick Queen, who had himself a strong day to say the least. Also, travel around the NFL as we look at the scores and the headlines from it. Cleveland catastrophic injury, for instance, to their offensive line. We'll get into all. All of that. We'll look back at our picks at 130, by the way. American League East report around 115 or so. Orioles do win two out of three from Boston. However, Tampa took two out of three from Seattle, so the Orioles actually lost a game yesterday. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 